Oh he yeah. Says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fanny pack nigga. That's right. It is I, your host, soon to the coming. Hey, this beat got me running. On there, I'm with a special guest. Now, when I say special, I mean fresh vegetable special. You know what I'm saying? The produce, like the creation before the full equation, all right? And just to put some context, he was in the making of You Heard Radio when I started on uwave.fm. Your voice, your vibe. I got magic. What's up, my friend? Hello, it's an honor to be here. Another one. Nah, all right, no, no copyright, no copyright. I just I felt that. I felt that. So uh, you say here, where are we? We are in Tropical Ballard Studios. Yes, sir. In the, the beautiful Seattle, Washington. In the beautiful Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a museum. Like, and, and the power of a museum is like the energy you get from the artifacts, you know what I mean? Artifacts, yeah. Yeah, yeah full artifacts. Facts, there's definitely a lot of artifacts. That's a Fendi that's a Fendi fact. That's a Fendi fact. A lot of time with some of the stuff that's in this space, it's been inherited. And uh, so to create in the, such a space that has value of time yeah it, it, wow. it forces me as an artist to to recognize like the gener the generational responsibility uh of what it is to create you know mm -hmm. what you just got me into right now is you said the value of time and i was like whoa mind blown time yeah, time uh time gives you uh it gives items more value, right? Which is crazy because I could get J's that you have in the same color wave, but you got the O2 edition or the you know, and I got the remake leather and it's it's like, whoa, the age made it more valuable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I sense a disturbance in the listening experience. Y'all out there talking about age. What about depreciation, appreciation, sensation? Hey, chill out, business majors. I had something. I'm on to something. Let me have my moment. Absolutely. And yeah, so, yeah. so when you're surrounded by age value, you know, it's just it's just like I don't know the history or the, the what comes out of the. This is like we wear certain shoes to run faster, or you you keep a picture in your locket for some kind of energy, whether it's love or protection or you know. Yeah, it's 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 bigger than ourselves. And uh, to create and, and recognize the mortality of life uh, with such things passed down by those who are no longer with us and mm -hmm. lived before us, it definitely forces me to acknowledge the, the purpose of uh, me calling myself an artist mm -hmm. and what I'm creating as something that in the same way will be left behind after I'm not here. Yeah. What does that mean? What does it stand for? And um, and, and then on another note, it, it, it has a sense of permanence mm -hmm. to have things that have been, were made a hundred years ago or belong to somebody a hundred years ago. Uh, the element of artwork that is timeless and, and, and permanent. Yeah, timeless. Wow. 
like what am I going to leave behind? You, know? you have to question it. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the point? I've already left something behind, right? Like, unless today there's something behind me, right? I, I yeah. And I, how how comfortable are you with that? Yeah. Uh, to that being the, the whole story. Did you did you get to finish your story? Yeah. Is there an ending? Do you write the ending? I've always I've always thought of my life life as like a book that God's reading to someone. And I'm just a character in it, you know. I like he's turning the pages. I don't know, I think it was every time I was praying, going like doing that prayer in the bed. Did we all hit the Nile laying me down to sleep? Yeah. Yep. And then at the end of that prayer you probably bless a few people like you list some names off. I'd be like, Pretty standard, yeah, yeah. You bless this, this is like the list got long, you know what I mean? I was getting choosy at the list. I was like, at first, it's like, bless my mom, bless my dad, bless my brother, bless my aunt, bless his son, bless my cousin, bless my right, right. homie, bless my homie's mom, bless my homie's dad, bless my homie's brother. I'm going, then I'm like, all right, bless everyone who I love and everyone who loves me. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that. That's like the above all option in prayer, like <laughs> all the answers. <laughs> I was like, that's right, yeah. And then, oh no, and like I find in my adult age, I've definitely prayed less than having, um, like you know, your mom or someone around go, hey, you doing you? Ah, oh, did you start not praying with meaning sometimes? Uh, oh, man, yeah, I'm yeah. like, dang, I didn't know the importance of the energy of it, you know. I think praying it it evolves the yeah. the form of it, the practice of it, mm-hmm. and the the timing of it, you know, before you go to bed, before you go to sleep, like. That's when those are like put in place. You're growing up in a religious family uh, as kind of like protocol. But as you get older and you have like a new identity, you find out who you are yeah, uh, and how you relate to the world, mm-hmm. you relate to those that practice of praying changes and that evolves. Word. Whoa. Dang. Yeah, that practice. Because, you know, it's often prayer comes in a time of great despair. Like we don't pray ever, but then as soon as... You know, my knee, ah, my knee, oh, Lord, please. Oh, yo, please, like, and it's like, whoa, and then you got to, like, I don't, just kind of almost like trends, it, it could uh, it could die out. You're like, I'm going to pray even though I'm hurt. Back again, I use my back against the wall. Never caught on y'all, never count on y'all. I always count on God. I'm going to keep praying when I'm healed. Back again, I use my back against the wall. Never caught on y'all, never count on y'all. I always count on God. Back again, I use my back against the wall. Never caught on y'all. Never you know that it, it made me uh, think of something that connects dots in a few ways. Is I think maybe people only pray in desperation because they they may feel they only got but so many prayers to use up. They only got but so much in their account to, yeah, you know, and and they go, well, I ain't prayed for so long, but but if any time I'm gonna use my ticket now, Whoa. I'm gonna use my prayer <laughs> ticket, and because I ain't used it for so long, it, this one gonna really be count for something. Yeah, but I think that's kind of that's not really how it works. It don't work though. <laughs> you let down. You like, this is my only ticket. Yo, it ain't. It's not really how it works. It ain't like the more you save it up, the more potent it gets when you drop it or something, you know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like um, I th- I think that's really important for uh, speaking from an artist perspective. Mm-hmm. Is uh, when you're making work, a, a song, a piece of music, uh, something you're invested into, what you're writing a a book of poems or something. I think a lot of times um, 
and there's a saying like this in sports, but not to digress, um, that sometimes you feel like like you you want to hold on to something. Mm-hmm. You, you can't put it all out on the table quite yet because uh, you you want to you want to keep something for yourself, mm-hmm. so that um, maybe in a a dire situation, I don't know what it is, creativity, or someone says write a song right now, or whatever it is that you're an artist. Uh, we kind of feel like we're re- like we reserve something for the good stuff, or for when the time really counts mm-hmm. and it's really big. You know, we re- we get our shot or whatever it is. That then we will put our best creative foot forward and really, yeah, not leave nothing behind. And that goes into the the sports of not leave not leaving nothing on the court or leave it at all on the court. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So it's like in life uh, to feel like there's. Um, a finite amount uh, in your tank, whether it's life or love or mm-hmm. happiness or laughter or you know, those kinds of things, is um, just recognizing that that life is infinite and how the energy moves. Um, it goes through us. It don't come from us and, and just limited through that way. And so, um, yeah, you know, go ahead and pray every day. Your prayer is going. Your prayer is going to get stronger. And, uh, and create every day. Your creativity gets stronger. Love every day. Your mm-hmm. love gets stronger. You know, we don't run out. And so, um, yeah, that's, that just brought me to, to mention that. Hey, hey and, and as for me, play tag a day. <laughs> no, yeah, I was saying say in one of my episodes, I said, you know, me and my boy, Will, we're playing tag. Like, it all started as us running the mile. You know, I was like, oh, we're going to run a mile. And then he just tagged me. And he's like, no one wants to lose, you know? And then I was like, I wasn't trying to like fall for it. I was like, I'm gonna just run my pace, you know. I'm not gonna like over sprint. That's dumb. But he was ahead of me, but not too far. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna be it, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I tried to lay down. Then I sprinted, got him, and then I tried to run off. And I know we're running a long distance, so it was just draining. And right, right. But it was it was competitive. I definitely lost though. <laughs> you ran you, out of energy after. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, I was just out of breath. Just <sighs> and then it really has you going back into your childhood like elementary i think back to all the times we walked around different like baseball fields you know what i mean like Sand for pe or oh something like gosh. like some routine and i was like dang we used to do that when we were in fifth grade or whatever your building was made out of it's like all right the pe teacher come we do our jumping jacks together and all that all right go around the thing that's what you're doing today you know what it's hella corny to talk about acknowledge that today i just yeah. feel like it's just <laughs> like but at the time, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it just because I was naturally, like, athletic. So you was always like, in the top ten? You know? I was I was winning. Like, that was, like, it fed my competitive nature, you know? <laughs> hey, you got presidential on them things? Right, right. I, I was going for I, it. I got like, national. I didn't make clear. <laughs> but um, but it's, 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 it's really corny how they, like, I don't know. I just, it's just a pain. But I, I remember really, like, feeling rebellious in situations like that. And when you said running around the sandlot, I can remember doing stuff like, you know, you had to wear certain clothes, like like you had to, your shorts had to be a certain color or your top had to be a certain color or whatever like that. Like mm-hmm. so you end up looking like everybody else. So we do things like um like put our pockets inside out. Yeah. <laughs> do stuff like Y'all that. fresh prince the situation. Our, yeah, like inside that, like out <laughs> jacket, like it's still uniform. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It, so it's like it kind of uh it goes to show like like the creative nature that's as within all of us that when we're kind of forced to suppress it it can't help but to come out the sides or something yeah just leak over 
Yeah, the, the freshness. But some people lose it, you know. I've almost lost. Like I told you, I'm wearing jeans or track shoes. Like I'm on the borderline of like I've given up, but on purpose. I'm wearing Crocs now, you know. I or, thought I would never wear Crocs. Yeah, you know. I I, I was I, I was against them for. There was nothing that could convince me, but now I'm on the cusp of wearing Skechers, like, um, <laughs> just to prove. Don't tell me. Just to prove like something at this point. I'm like, I'm I, like, I look at life as a challenge. You know, you walk around, and I'm like, I know maybe it's an excuse for not being able to avoid the J's that I want. You know, so then I'm like, I'm telling myself, you know what'd be really hard? Wearing some Allbirds all day. Let me get some Skechers. With the baggies, you know what I mean? Like just, and I'm like, maybe it'll be such a flow switch. You have to acknowledge it. You know what I mean? I, I think that that'd be healthy. It's healthy for your, your like your to push yourself. your humility. Your humility, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, have, you, you know, you y'all never practice your humility. Sometimes you test it out. You see where you're at in humility land. Oh no, I do it when I go out and busk and do the pop up uh, shows at Gasworks Park. Um, it's it's definitely one of those things that like it's really humbling. Oh my, hey, I'll, you know when you go out and busk or go that's out no joke. Anywhere in front of people, yeah, because we did that together too. Uh, what at the uh, Mill Creek? Word, yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought my little drum. Yeah. But you know what? I've been, I didn't, I understand what you mean because you have fun doing it in the element, right? Mm-hmm. But when then you're like moving your element, you're not in your zone where you normally jam out. You're moving your element to this naked outside world. That you see probably every day, but you're like, when you're actually setting up camp, it's like, should I be next to this thing with shade? Like, should I be near something that has a bathroom? Like, you know, it starts to become a play, like yeah. execution. I don't know. It's yeah. not, and then also the pressure of people just like in your moment. I don't know. It's a little bit different than a stage because maybe you're on ground level. Yeah. Because on stage, to, you can kind of zone people and get like, I own this thing. But It's, it's a formal construct. It's, yeah. it's built to be a stage. It's built for people to be on that side mm-hmm. and, and other people to pay attention and be on this side. It's like a, it's a formal yeah. construct. It's like at a bathroom, you know, you don't look to the person next to you while you're going. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or like you, you know, it's like there's these things that we have in society that make it formal. Like, uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, a cashier asking you how your day was. If yeah. someone just randomly walked up to you and asked you how your day was, you're like, yo, what's it to you? Like, you know, yeah. hello, what's your name? I don't even know. What's your name, Jack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So when you're talking about like um, performing music outside on the street, yeah, you are, you have to create that construct and you have to really believe in it. Mm-hmm. And you also have to understand people from their perspective that they didn't know you were going to be there. They yeah. weren't planning on you. Be- and sometimes it's where people go every day. So they have a routine where they are there at that time every day. Or and now you're just like, and now you're putting yourself in their routine mm-hmm. and you have to believe in yourself like you belong there. Yeah. But you also have to be open to the idea that, you know, you don't really belong there. You know, word, and word. it's kind of like this, is uh you know it's like an invitation you invite people to invite you to be okay Whoa. with you being there and it's kind of like this very like you know goes unsaid gesture like holding the door open for somebody who you see walking behind you you know mm-hmm. you never seen them before in your life but there's this you know the, a moment of opportunity to recognize both as a performer and somebody who's listening yeah. and just to kind of cherish that opportunity to exchange 
and uh, and be in the present because it's all about being in the present and you got to really humble yourself to it's a it's a muscle too i like i suppose it definitely helps with live performances you know on stage when you when you do elevate yeah. you're feeling the pulse you're seeing the angles that you know they see you from you're like maybe because then things become more intentional on your stage performance where you're standing and it's not just like running around and uh you're like yeah i know from this from i don't know and i would say it's kind of like hooping outside versus hooping in a gym yeah uh Oof. if you hooped outside and you know it was in the rain or the mosquitoes was coming out when the sun was going down or it was yeah. getting dark and you was out there putting up shots yeah um you know what else is or if it's cold and it's windy and just the wind's blowing your, your shot to the side or whatever mm -hmm. you got all these real real elements when you were outside mm -hmm. then when you go in a controlled environment sometime and all that make it a lot easier yeah when you go in now you got all kind of traction and grip you know you squeaking, yeah, yeah you know and and all the lights is on and shining mm -hmm. and the ball that you bounce is not you know what i'm saying so it's a yeah i would think it kind of it kind of translates like that when you when you've been outside playing and then you come inside it's just it's just more cush so yeah go practice outside and and that's a for me that's a um a word to to respect in the process you know if if you're out there and you have a craft something that you're invested in in life something that you that you love and you're living for um share your process you know if you're a chef coming up you know enjoy cooking for your family and uh you know uh, having people over if you are starting a babysitting business you know mm. uh you know enjoy you know when having other kids over or uh i know like Nas is starting a tea yeah you know the pr the process of it of coming up with the recipes and sharing them they might not be finished yet you know uh and for me with this album it was a really um kind of brilliant come to realization that instead of saying instead of like no can, can nobody hear none of these songs they're not done yet i got mm -hmm. big i got big plans for them mm -hmm. it's gonna be my best album yet and nobody's gonna be able to hear it until they actually come out I, I realized that's not real that's not how it works like you don't like and, and that for me a part of the album negro homo it was it was really getting out of the way mm -hmm. of it being about me and my body of work uh and, and and allowing other people to be a part of the process so one thing i would do is just burn cds in my car when i go pick up uh, sissy and rashad I'd ask them what they think and play play the tracks. Uh, I'd uh, play the tracks for Jose, ask him what he'd think. Uh, I'd send them to, you know, a friend here, a friend there, and uh, ask them, you know, what they thought of this song or, or that track or whatever, and just kind of see how people respond to it and, and bring it outside, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it helped me to see what songs stand up in the wind, you know, and that be people's you know criticism or what they thought or how they didn't respond or whatever you know yeah so kind of a, kind of get myself out of the way and uh and put the music out in front and and see see how people respond to it and actually see what it actually means and what's happening um That's where you're and yeah <laughs> yeah the reflect yeah. i'm gonna give y'all a little taste yeah go ahead take a moment would it be easier if there was a right way? There ain't no right way. So I fall in love, little old, a little bit, every day. 
someone new that love a little bit every day. Someone new. Something been holding me back Is acknowledging myself Been ignoring the facts Overlooked for so many years Become bitter Rain on a shot Promised I would deliver Solitude Became what I knew Hope you would be there When I would first Yes sir Reflection Welcome back ladies and gentlemen You caught a little taste But uh I want to let you know Where you can find the album So SoundCloud And uh, all platforms Or all platforms minus Apple Music, Apple. and uh, but I, I've dedicated a website to the album. Okay, uh, and it's named after the album Negro Homo. dot com. N e g r o h o m o. dot com. Negro Homo. dot com. And uh, there you can see the website, uh, which has uh, the album through Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And I made a conscious decision to uh, invite people to experience the album through Bandcamp. Okay, because they can purchase it. And uh, as artists in 2021, we need to be really responsible for our own music business. And that's just how we relate, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, um, yeah, so you can see a couple of the music videos and the album and uh, the, the title card for the CD, because I have copies on, on CD of the album. Perfect. So on that note, I want to slide into the inspiration behind Negro Homo, you know, like... Uh, what went until? So I understand from checking out the album, you were involved in a lot of the sounds. Yeah. Yeah, like the soundscape. Like so, you weren't just pulling YouTube beats off or any of this, or you know, free uh, Bryson Tiller type beat. Is that <laughs> word? Uh, no, you know, um, yeah, that 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 ex- that that's a real thing yeah and that where i'm at artistically it really seems like the other side of the grand canyon almost mm-hmm. but um i can i can sit comfortably with that because i i went the long way around if they had a bridge across the grand canyon yeah i artistically said no i i don't want to go that route yeah <laughs> if i'm going to get to the other That's side it's because i went around and got to the other side and saw what and went through what i needed to go through and so that entailed learning to play the guitar, uh, learning piano, studying jazz mm-hmm. uh, and soul music, and um, also playing the saxophone. And um, yeah, there's a uh, people ask why you know you could have just kept rapping and yeah like, got on all these beats and you'd be so much blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, there's something really about owning the music that uh, fully owning. Fully owning and fully understanding and it being your message, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess an, another analogy I could I could say is you buy somebody a birthday card and um, do you get the card that already has a message on the inside, you know, and a whole ski and a whole, you know, uh, you know, kind of witty cartoon on the front and then on the inside it has a response to that cartoon and then you just write your signature Right. And say, I got you a card. And then the person who gets the card, they react to the cartoon, they see the glitter, and they read the message 
and they laugh or they don't laugh or these kinds of things. And then they see your signature, you know, be well, happy birthday, your name. You know, there's not really, um, there's not really as much substance in the exchange that there could be mm-hmm. that actually relates those two people and that message. The person who gave the card didn't really own that message, you know, not to mention the logos on the back that say Hallmark and maybe they even left the price tag on it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. that was such a good analogy and picture because, you know, putting it all in yourself is a different spiritual experience as well. <laughs> I just think about installing a ceiling fan in my own house or things that I would go, let's just get an electrician. And then someone encouraged me to look at the YouTube video and go into Home Depot. Like mm-hmm. everything's foreign to me over in the Home Depot. You mean I got to put the nails in myself? You know, <laughs> you like there's no guide already with the nail hole. Like I have yeah. to create the nail hole measure and that whole thing of doing it and then go, whoa, I made myself a table or those accompl- like, whoa, I make it and I use it. It's different than, yeah, I just went and bought it at Costco. It's like, I said, put the glue gun down now. No more Hobby Lobby. I made it for less. It's personal. I put my own signature in it. I don't know. And then it's hard to believe, but then it gives you more power to go further. So was that experience with each instrument you were touching it when you got to a growth point? You're like, whoa, like I got to keep playing with my fingers. Like, or was it exhausting going through that trial? But you're like, my eyes on the bigger picture. Because you were just along for the journey, huh? Yeah, it's um, it's it's seeing the big picture. Like it's something I used to always tell myself was, um, and I got this from Miss um, McPherson at, at Mariner High School. She was my English teacher. Uh, I'm gonna turn forty one day. Yeah. Either way, you know. Either way, you're gonna turn forty, and people have it in their head that, uh, you know, they want to be, like. They want to be a pop star, and pop says you have to be young, you know, twenty five and under, and very well accomplished at whatever you do, and that's how. You, so yeah. people, you know, people who are twenty two, I'd love to learn to play an instrument, but you know, oh, I wish I would have, but not really realizing how much life they have, you know, how much youth they actually they they have. Uh, so he's seeing the big picture. So um, no, it was really rewarding to play because. Um, Learning to play guitar completely changed my ear and how I relate to listening to music. Mm-hmm. And that was really rewarding because I was able to appreciate a lot of music that, say, my father would play when I was a kid or my mom. or Right. It, it went beyond what I knew from the 90s of, like, Masterpiece, Elton Shocker, How the Hot Boys, Lil Wayne, you know, like, like just hip-hop in, you know, Tupac, first off, like, Shout out, like he was my first favorite idol. So growing up listening to rap music, because I was the youngest of my mom's five children, uh, a lot of older siblings had a big influence on me, just culturally, like fashion and music and the way I talked and like, you know, just like kicked it or whatever. Like, So just just by playing and learning an instrument, you're going to change the way you appreciate other people who have learned to play instruments, Mm -hmm. which for a lot of music is the music they listen to even in i guess electronic music for the piano player or whatever like so you start to hear it differently and what happened to me which i think happens to a lot of people 
is you go back in time, you start listening to music where they were playing instruments on a guitar, the 80s, the 70s. You start to, oh, that's your favorite guitar player. And then you do research and you find out that so-and-so is their favorite guitar player. And so-and-so is their favorite guitar. They're going back like the 20s, like talking about like Charlie Christian and like cats way back in the day, in the 20s, like vinyl record, you know, type stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and you start to appreciate music differently. And, and then that goes with different instruments, you know. Uh, I, I never really saw the guitar and saying, oh, I'm I'm learning guitar now. I have to learn piano later. It kind of just came hand to hand. Like, they, like I come to understand really myself as an artist in the truest sense and not to fall into guitar player, piano player, rapper, and the rapper. Oh, oh my the label. When I first started rapping, okay, it was like I did my first open mic in like 2010. Mm-hmm. I remember Frankie was there, Robbie was there, rest in peace, Frankie. And um, and I was like, yo, I I could do this. I memorized all three verses that I wrote of this song on top of an instrumental. Bring it back to your point, and mm-hmm. and rap these three verses, and was like, oh, I could do this, but I can do better, you know. And it got you got you get to a point when you're writing raps to everybody out there who's gonna you know starting to work on their flow or whatever. Yeah. And you hear a couple beat, you know, um, uh, maybe a popular beat or something like that, and you rap everybody else been rapping to, and then you start taking yourself seriously as an artist, and you start looking for different soundscapes, different things that'll draw different emotions. Talk about love. Talk about this. Talk about that. And then you get to a point to where now you're searching for an instrumental. You could be on SoundClick, YouTube, SoundCloud, but you're you're searching for someone else to tell you how to feel. And it's different than you just feeling how you feel and writing a song about how you feel rather than scrolling through beats and those beats making you feel different. Oh, I like this one. I don't like that one. I do. Oh, this one's like this. Oh, no, no. Y- you're going off of how that piece of music is making you feel rather than creating music from how you feel. It's different. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing it for months and years, you get to maybe year two probably for most people, and they start recognizing that that they're shopping. The, the whole first 20, 30 minutes of them sitting down to write or write a song really write raps most of the time is you're just clicking through beats you're just shopping no not that one no no oh and then you start to lose the no not that one the process is draining it becomes something else you're doing something else you might as well be shopping for apples and bananas or something you might as well be in a buffalo exchange looking at t-shirts yeah you know because that's what you're doing you're just receiving somebody else's work and you're now your art is to pay attention to how you respond to someone else's artwork. That's what you do when you go to a museum. Mm-hmm. Go to a museum and look at other people's artwork and respond to it and then say, oh, this is how I feel. This painting makes me feel like that. That's what people are doing when they're writing raps to an instrumental. They're listening to an instrumental, listening to a beat, and then they rap about how it makes them feel. Wow. Right away I'm thinking of this. Um, so for those of you listening, Definitely tap into the GarageBand app. Uh, I know that's a great starter for just before you get into Fruity Loops yep, and Tingity Ting. GarageBand, yep. And what I like that they've added, and this is on any Apple device, you know, iPhone or iPad or whatever, you got one. Um, they added 
like uh, producer packs. I believe some are free. I think Selection just dropped a free producer pack of just some sounds from like Esta and some other producers. But just little samples that they're encouraged to, you know, create a beat from pre-sample instruments. And that can at least get your finger wet before you dive right into like playing a guitar. But maybe choosing the specific samples for and creating your beat, you know, like, uh, cause this is how you started to like, just got some little sound packs or you was really um, out here on the strings, huh? Like, yeah. Like I, I went to like Tom Waits, like who was notably for like pulling over on the side of the freeway to find an old hubcap, because if you bang a stick on it, it'll sound interesting or like, like different, di- completely different. Like you have to, you have to evolve as a person like yeah. when you like so people can like oh i make beats but you're not you're just putting yourself into like a a matrix construct of of this technological seat role or whatever mm-hmm. but it's bigger than that it's 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 really you have to like st- start with your soul and how you feel and and you have to own own the process, you know. I mean, I guess there's no, there's no harm starting out with like a sample pack, but don't start out with no loops. Like that's, oh my goodness, make your own loops. Even if you got a beatbox, a loop. Yeah. Ha- own it. Like own the work. Like, j- like just start with the metronome. That's the only beat pack you need. Start with, a, start with the metronome. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm telling you, just right there. That's your bread and butter. Right there. And if you don't feel something and if you don't hear something, then you need to sit still longer. Cause that's home right there. Yeah. Right in the past. Him in the mat. You know, what I'm no, hit yeah. him at the hell of a time. And feel it. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying like look, make a beat pack off the off of the pin on the lunch table or you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of that. If you be boxing or however you want to get at it, but get at it from the ground up. Like, yeah. you know, and um, and again, not not everybody's going to have the patience. So back to like, you know, um what was it like to, you know, gain calluses on your fingers from from uh, you know, playing the strings and stuff like that. It's really enjoyable. The gift is to the giver. Yeah. And when you're a musician, you're you're you work hard because you want to give people something that that yeah. resonates and that, that heals them and that feels right. Mm-hmm. So the reason you practice is because ultimately the gift is to the giver. When you go on stage and you go out or you share a song with somebody and you see a tear come out their eye, like you realize right then, like this is bigger than just me and practicing it and hitting all the right notes. Like music is a is a real tangible exchange between people and the reason you practice and and hone in on your craft is because you you want to provide the the best medicine to heal Mm -hmm. when when the time comes right say there's like a death in the family say there's a marriage in the family somebody's born somebody's going through a sickness and illness you that's when that's when you pull out your instrument and you practice it could be the dang harmonica or something like that and you you go up in their room in the house or wherever grandma's sick or something and you play your music, baby. You play that music, yes. you know. And that's when that's when you're reminded of why, you know. It ain't trying to billboard charts, Grammys, and top of this in the newspaper. Also, no, it's about actually being able to give that gift of music that mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't harvest it from God Himself, and it's in you. Mm-hmm. And and because you play and you speak that language, 
to be able to speak that language in the time of need, in an event when, it, when something happened in life around your family, around your people, whoever, and you can give that gift of music in real life and bring everybody, you know, into the same harmony and the same vibration. And the gift is to the giver. Yeah. You, you'd be honored that you can be that person that God sent down here to be amongst your peoples and heal them in that moment. You know? Yeah. So you, it's, it's rewarding. And the music hits hard when it, when all you have is the fire, you know? If we weren't in these buildings, if you're, you know, fortunate enough and blessed to have walls surrounding you and and then some electricity, water, all that all that good stuff that again is almost a you know, you can kinda lose track of, of how appreciative it is and you go somewhere and say you have that. to walk and grab a bucket of water. Hey, say that. You still got water, so they're still a bit higher than someone that has no water. So mm-hmm. there's the levels, but it always comes down to that fire. If we're out there and there's a fire burning, anyone who comes with that instrument along with the story it doesn't even have to be song it's just an instrument with the voice yes unstoppable like and it builds a home around you in in the moment you know you feel secure you feel safe on the fire you feel like one and then so yeah i never sleep on that and then you take that like you said to from the fire to to the gymnasium you know and then maybe auditoriums with the way sound bounces off walls and then we're going other places and then and then and then in your creation and time like building off of that experience you're no longer just making music that you go oh this is a sad one i'm going for this is like this is a sad one i know performed at this location it'll bounce off rhythmically like this and that and then you're given like the vibra you know the depth in the song yeah And, and also what happens you write a song to an instrumental and you don't play any instrument that song doesn't exist without that instrumental. Yeah. You can rap it a cappella or whatever, but that's, you don't own that song. You just yeah. don't. You have, it, you don't, you can't fit it in your hands. Mm. And so when it comes to like, you you write a song and there's a piano there, or again, these very real moments in life where there may be a passing or a birth or someone is sick or people are sad because they have to go back home after visiting and hadn't seen each other in years or something pressing play and saying this is how i feel versus having a guitar and actually being able to express that in that that shared breath in Mm -hmm. that room or on the piano or in the saxophone and actually being able to to move energy and emotion in that space to touch the people that you need to touch without through breath and or finger or yeah it's real light like your heartbeat you know um that's what that's where really music comes from and that's where it lives right there and the constructs of concerts and you know through the radio these are all uh reflections or uh happenings instances of Blues brother on the porch, tapping his heel, singing after everybody that had a long day and needs to ease the baby. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is, like, because they hungry. You're a little less hungry after that. It'd be cold outside, but if you got somebody who, like you said, who got that fire in them, yeah. they're going to make everybody feel a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. And that don't really hit for me uh, by pressing play somewhere. You know, so that, so that, that's why the the sacrifice the devotion of as i said going the long way around the grand canyon and coming to a place to have this album 
to be able to share and to own all of the songs and the music uh, and allowing them to come about organically instead of just meeting an instrumental halfway. Mm. Uh, to l- really allow the music and the different tones and the textures and uh, you know all of that, whether it's filters or compressions or you know all of that, it's it seems like a, a tenuous process and it really is because my brain is like so short term, like. I get bored after like 20 seconds if something's that not could happening. Be your greatest strength or weakness at times. So right, so creatively, I have to move really fast. I can't sit and just edit a track vocal, uh, you know, and and feel like I accomplished something. It's like, what's the point? Like things have to be being recorded and chunked out and like things happening. Mm-hmm. But to be involved in that process and to own it, to understand the fingerprint of how it came to be and be able to to speak to its construction as the architect, engineer, and producer, uh, rather than, you know, you putting all your things in a house that was built and then saying, I own this house. That's what people do with an instrumental. They say, oh, I own this house. I made this house. And, it- <laughs> and you're like, wait, 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 you didn't. You, you bought the house and, and put everything that's yours in it, and yeah. it's really nice. You, you know, spent a good job interior decorating and putting it. But you can't say you made the house, yeah. Because so that's that's the difference. And I guess in a certain way, it could be a bit of an ego thing sometimes because uh, you playing the bass guitar and the electric guitar and the piano and the saxophone and rapping and producing the drums. I had I had to come to, to recognize, wait, am I doing everything because I wanna say I can do and I did everything? Yeah. Huh. Oh, now that's something different. So again, like I said earlier, get, getting myself out of the way with the process of this album mm-hmm. was really something I had to learn what it meant to get out of the way. And if you like you said, recognizing your strengths. Yeah. Knowing your strengths so that you can know your weaknesses. So let me ask, um, was there meditation processes outside of the music realm that a lot kept you aligned? Because as you said, it does get overwhelming. And uh, I just think when I acknowledge it, I acknowledge it today. I've been avoiding my planner. Like I always fill out a planner all week. Like, and I get every moment, like from when I wake up, let that boy live. What's my work schedule? What I accomplished? Like I went to the mailbox today. Things to boost my confidence and let me know what I did. Again, like we were talking about, if you ever left something behind, like what you leave behind it, I'm like, well, I definitely got my planner. You could look at a date and go, what? He rollerbladed that day. He listened to selection for two hours. And you you would know a little bit about my life. Yeah. And I go, wow. So now I have this guilty thing. Like, again, like that process has always been, uh, you could say like therapeutic and like it, it feels good. Is it like, again, my ego, like, yo, I write all my day out, like, you know. Like maybe y'all don't do that, but I do. I can yeah. tell you what I did last 2019 and this year or whatever. Right. And then now I'm at the place where I'm like, it's been two days. You haven't filled it out. All right. Then I play catch up. Like I start from today and then try to remember my days. And that's a good little exercise game. But now I'm at this part where I'm getting to a week of like not filling it out. Like I haven't filled it out from last Monday. So I really got to quiz myself. Yeah. And the thought of going through that, I try to avoid it. And then it's another day. So I know today I'm going to make sure before I go to bed, I go and then I plan her. But then when I'm caught up, it's fun. It's like, all right, what am I doing tomorrow? Like, try to get ahead of myself. 
So yeah, so what was like your process again when you're in so much content and uh, again, listen to hours and hours and hours is one thing, but now <laughs> you're listening to yourself and I don't know, I've, I've heard these artists, some uh, actors don't like to watch their movies and I get it now, even being producing this podcast, it's like, I don't want to hear my voice all the time. I know, like, I love it. I love right. for people to love to hear it. But, yeah. but that process can be like, you could be your enemy. It's like um, those movies where you're fighting your shadow or something. Like, the villain was you all along. It was like, your shadow. Like, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. it's an older version of you. Like, you don't recognize it. It's like, who are you? And they're like, I'm you. And you're like, whoa, I'm bitter like this? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you do to stay grounded or in between and, you know, get, keep it the, the energy yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, I I think of different phases, like before I was actually consciously working on the album, mm-hmm. like that this was going to be a an album within itself. This is where it's going, and then versus like when I I kind of knew and I had like six or seven songs that like were really strong, and mm-hmm. I knew that this was like gonna be something, uh, and just being conscious of it. Um, I got this uh, journal here. I write in a journal every day. Okay. And uh and, and cursive. Yeah, I I I it's inspired if anybody out there has read The Artist's Way. Um I read that book about 7 or 8 years ago and shout out to Daniel Blue from the band Moto Pony. Uh really encouraged me and inspired wow, me. Wow, this is like scripture the way you write. Yeah, old school cursive. And uh, I just kind of let the pen fly and don't think about it. And the, the trick is that you don't stop and you fill up three pages uh, in the morning, pretty much first thing in the morning. And it's a way to get past any hang up feelings from the day before or thoughts or things that happen. And you wow. just kind of acknowledge that today is a new day. And it kind of clears your palate, your, you know, cleans the table of any thing that you wanted to put on the table you can and you don't have to wait to listen to any you don't have to wait for nobody to listen to you and sit down you ain't got to pay a counselor you know you uh you you give yourself the opportunity to listen to yourself yeah and it's kind of this so that's that's a big part of my process that when a couple days go by sometimes a week maybe two weeks go by and i don't write in my journal it's like Oh, man, I got it in the back of my head. Yeah, it's I'm avoiding it. You know? <laughs> and what's a trip is um, um, reading the book, the, the Artist's Way. It's this like 12-week kind of uh, step regimen. Journey. Uh-huh. Journey that, yeah, that going through it, you kind of realize yourself as an artist. Um, and like week three, it's like it points out like, and if you and if you notice that if you didn't write in your journal for a day or two, you probably got really angry for some reason at something. You probably like lost your temper. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dang, how'd she know? Yeah. yeah. I didn't write for a day. And that's why I kind of was like uneasy or I wasn't all the way settled or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that speaks to the importance of really having a process. And um, uh, speaking from the perspective now to where the album's been out for two months. Mm-hmm. And um, I did, you know, saw a couple weeks of uh, performing li- the album live and promoting it at Gasworks Park. But uh, I got um, um, asked by a wonderful singer here in Seattle. Her name is Tiffany Wilson. Yeah. If I would work on a song with her. And that, like, forced me right away to 
get back to the starting line essentially or get back in line get in the blocks get yeah get back on yeah you just you finished you had your victory lap now you know get ready for the next race or however you want to look at it and so i had to remind myself like what the product like you just finished an album it's it was remastered and mixed and you know and you're for the past couple weeks i was focusing on publishing so uh, speaking on to different roles you had mentioned Mm -hmm. like you're doing so many different things i've had to recognize what the different roles are playing that i am fulfilling so that i can consciously fulfill them and do them really well so the the month before the release i woke up every day and put on a suit before i came down here and in my head i was my own recording company record label Wow. I was my own publishing company in my head. Mm-hmm. And so everything I wrote down in my to-do list was from a publishing company's perspective. Yeah, The artist has nothing to do with it. The producer has nothing to do with it. You, good, good job, you guys. You did your job. You know, now, now sit back or rehearse to go on tour, whatever you're going <laughs> to do as the artist, you know. But now it's time for the publishing company. And now I was the president of my own publishing company. Oh, man. And I put on a suit this and six, come like, down. I can see a really cool music <laughs> video of, like, yeah. being in all these roles, you know. Right, yeah. And, and, and like, I guess, you, and you being in all the scenes in every role, too, like, in one clip. Like, yeah. you know. And it's just trying to, like, like uh, respect the whole process that goes into it with, you know, with the you music be, business. You be beefing with yourself. You be like, man, yeah. my manager, don't give me no time. <laughs> And then you switch roles like, hey, buddy, you want to make it or not? And then you're like, damn, always sweating me. All right, all right, let's yeah. run this back. Yeah, <laughs> but it's right. you, you know what I mean? And that's good, like putting that pressure on yourself. But Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful pressure because we have to acknowledge uh, how far we've come as artists. And this is just like you're just recognizing like there's been a music business for about 100 years yeah. since vinyl records are coming out. And this whole time, it's been somebody who had nothing to do with the art the the music being made, written, didn't live with the people who wrote it. It's almost like the artists, um, you know, art. You you have a lot of sculptures I see out here, and you and I'm, you know you you sell art, right? I sold paintings, yeah. paintings, and um, you're the artist, create the painter, the painting, but the market decides the value somehow. Like they're it, like yeah. someone who's never painted, but they come through. And, you know, they're very expensive, you know, Cartier, and they're like, hmm, I deem this 20000 And then, bam, all of a sudden, any of your pieces, because this one person accepted it, like, they're like, oh, all the magic's like, oh, Basquiat bought that. Like, all right, now let's look at all his pieces. And then now you've made, like, if the right person accepts, it's similar, but it's like, but they have nothing to do. But they've been, but at the same time, they've been around so much art or so much music. Some are like genius even though they can't spit a bar or do anything but they just you know you're like who are you but then you're like you kind of know some shit kind of yeah right there's there's um there's there's real authority there to be had by you know people who actually know the difference but at the same time what's messed up is that leverage of artists being the creators and looking for affirmation Mm mm-hmm uh, seeking for their work to be validated yeah. has been completely abused. Streams, so crop streams. M- and so many artists, you know, from Jackie Wilson, Chuck Berry, like so many artists have been taken advantage of because people with money who are essentially just 
investors yeah. they just have money and they're Capital. looking to make more with it right uh have completely abused the artwork you know mostly on with black artists or latino artists or uh, taken advantage of completely because they have had to defer to someone else to validating their work mm -hmm. and also giving them the control to market it and to sell it and to tell people that it's worth something Mm -hmm. And then take their cut out of it while then also the fees being taken out, the touring, the gas taken out, the marketing, the promotion being taken out. And they don't get nothing back for it. And it's um, it's it, it's something to recognize. Like it's a challenge to all you artists and creators out there, you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a channel or something that you're doing and you're doing all these different roles. Recognize it as as an honor, as something that is an opportunity, right, that you don't creatively you can make all these different decisions the same way you do in your artwork down the road in how you market and promote yourself you can own your voice so i just encourage people who are creatives to to step into that management administrative business role to where you got to think about you know putting a dollar and a value to your to your artwork take that on with with pride Take it on with with um, honor and something to to really um, have your own voice in because so many times over the decades people greatest musicians had no say on their artwork mm -hmm. something we take for granted for now you know oh I have to load up something blah, blah. somebody else used to tell them what went on their cover who got the credit what color it was uh, where it was sold yeah I seen some of that to. like it was like. I want my wife on the cover. No, we think that America would like this. The Miles it's, Davis, yeah. Yeah, you know, and like, yeah, and, and, and oh, I, I, James Brown, like, I could fill out this auditorium. No, but the promoters can do this one. They would have to fight for, for their own voice to be heard when it came to actually when the music was a product mm -hmm. to, to keep their name, to keep their ownership of it, you know? And so uh, for me, just recognizing like, like, um, you know, artist, producer, engineer, then you have publishing company, you are a rec recording company. So for me, it was um, translating all the ISRC codes, the ISWC codes for the album, uploading them to um, so they can be recognized potentially by billboard and sound scan and registering properly and doing the research and buying the book to learn how publishing companies work. You create your own leverage. You give yourself value in the entire discussion and you're no longer seeking for other people to validate your artwork or be in the position to where you have to give your artwork to them so that they can translate it on into the market. Mm -hmm. Like, like you know, just just own it have fun with it and so for me the only way i can do it was to acknowledge that i was being another part of myself i had to put on a suit every day the clothes that i wore differently the you know what i'm saying like i had to give myself a schedule mm -hmm. and uh, kind of a different schedule yeah a different discipline to accomplish schedule. that task and um yeah it's 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 interesting and not a lot of people can be uh the creative and the critic yeah as you pointed out like like you know Sometimes it easy. takes that naive critic to also help with the process. You know, like you were just saying, like someone who doesn't listen to hip hop that only is Kendrick, they go, 
hmm, that's strange. The drums are sound. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're like, wait. Yeah, exactly. That does it. You have to open yourself up yeah. to critique. You have to learn to take critical advice. And if it's from a kid who doesn't know no better, sometimes that's, that's, yeah, that, a, great, yeah, a, that's kid, a great advice. Just, or somebody who don't who don't really know no better. But, yeah, don't, but don't let nobody tell you that, that you need to be validated by somebody. Yeah, on America's it's Got your Talent choice. It's like, or American Idol or The Voice or something like that. Because you don't, you don't need nobody else to validate you. So that's the... That's the messed up part. Enjoy the process. Uh, you know, get out of the way creatively. And when you need to ask for help, ask for help. For me, it was working with engineer Bradley Lena at Stranger Studios, mm -hmm. who I brought the album to. And it was about like 85, 90% done. Uh, most, so it was like in a demo form. Mm -hmm. And I broke it down. I, I handed it, I handed it to him. Yeah. All the, I, I sewed all the tracks and um and we went through it song by song and he has different strengths that i don't have which is to be able to just sit in one spot and focus on a tedious task until it's finished no matter how boring it is or mundane or whatever it is mm -hmm. like for me i go oh wow what about this what about this and then for me from my perspective i had to learn how to communicate ideas and inspiration when it came instead of coming back in the studio every time Oh, what about this? Or what if we do this? And he's like, "Yo, uh, let me finish the first idea first. Like, yeah, you know." And I go, "Oh, you know what? Let me write this down, and then when it's appropriate, I could, you know, offer new suggestions or whatever." So yeah, it's it's owning your work, and then knowing when you need to get out of the way and ask for help from people who know what you don't, and being honest with that, so that you can have the best body of work. That you need to, you know. Something pure. Yeah, the good stuff. As best as it can be, yeah. Hey. So one one letter for you, in fact. Why? Why that, Negro Homo? That's the question. Why all the sounds like why why did this happen? Um it was a this is a testament this album it's it's a concept album mm -hmm. around an idea but it's a it's a testament behind an event and the event is i one very small drop in a large narrative in the united states of black and brown people unjustly unfairly being harassed by the police and i've witnessed this indirectly but on february 21st anniversary of assassination of brother malcolm x 2020 i firsthand had an account of being harassed by the police and handcuffed and taken to jail and i had never been handcuffed or taken to jail yeah. As a 30 year old at the time, black man. And the thing about it that stands out the most to this day was the way it was all very suggestive to me what was happening and how I was to feel, what was going to happen next. I say that to point out that they assumed that I have 
been arrested and been to jail before. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, um, it's like, like you know the deal. Yeah, exactly. Like that. You know the process, but you know what we're doing. Come on. And it, it occurred to me right there. It was just like, wow, you like, yeah, like y'all assume that I know what's happened. I've been through this based on the way I look. Yeah. And uh, it's very frustrating, confusing. Uh, and um, how do you respond to that uh, sequence of events? Let that boy live. And uh, how do you tell people that you love that that's happened to you uh, without feeling shame yeah. yourself or responsibility that you caused it, that you did something wrong? You know, it's really twisted that way. And um, what that did is it opened a door for me to relate to so many of my brothers and sisters who have experienced that mm-hmm. generationally yeah. throughout decades, centuries. Though what I experienced can't compare to centuries of trauma. Uh, I had a little taste of it. And with that experience, I felt a great responsibility being who I am as a griot of the culture that I live in and am from to tell the story, to to give an insight to people, to young people, old people, mm-hmm. um, how to feel about that, yeah. uh, whether it happened to you or someone close to you how to understand what's happening uh, and how I could be very human about it. Mm-hmm. And it became clear to me really soon, as I've known, I'm not really good uh, with speaking uh, political jargon or law talk, I'll say, mm-hmm. as far as... Uh, affidavit this and Amanda write that and you know to me it's all so much of a very delicate very flimsy construct social construct that doesn't allow us to be human to one another and um, I'm also much of an emotional man and I say that to speak to my authority comes from how I feel Mm -hmm. and when you're speaking in those kind of rooms and those settings uh, the lexicon is not I feel this way or I yeah. feel that made me feel this way. That that can um that's what can be used against you like, oh, so we're going off of feeling. So if I don't know, killing someone feels good, you know, and then they start I mean, isn't the way they I mean the sickness, like for example, the story of the five brothers in the New York park. Right. And um can't recall the Netflix title. I should definitely tag it in here. It's slipping my mind right now. The uh, five. the Central Park Five. Checked out on Netflix. Just came to my head. Get it? Because I am soon head. I right, forget it. Well, I don't want to soak on that. I'll pop a thought bubble when I figure it out. Uh, um, needless to say, yeah. When the when the um, prosecutor knew. Where I had the knowledge that, yeah, there's no way these cats did it. We just got them at the time of when we found the body, essentially, of 
what happened at that park. It's like, oh, let's just put them under that box, like because it's believable. They're young, they're black, they're wilding out here at Central Park. Lady was found. They did it. It fits the thing. Thugs, heathen, yeah. like go on. Let's paint a And then that experience you you're talking about, just going, whoa, like, you know, being in a being already labeled and and put like a seal, like going down a factory line or something. Like, come on, like this is what happens and and then again yeah the trauma after explaining it it's like it's sickening you know because then you start to even boil in the emotion of absolutely like, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah it, and what do you, you do with that you roll your eyes a couple of times you know you cuss you know in your pillow maybe not sometimes you know you let out the frustration and then you, you go another day but now what you're doing is you've put it you've archived it and put it to be listened at any time in history, you know, someone can find this as I'm in your museum right now and go check this out and study this in a class, you know, of like time of, you know, 2020, the the riots, the BLM movement, yeah. added, like prime, like they're talking about trending on Twitter in the history books at this point. Mm. The Black Lives Matter movement was trending, you know, right, right, right. It was on all the restaurants and businesses. And yep, black people died too. But we sold a lot of things. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like man. it's just like even going into just going into that. Everything is a. There's just so much <laughs> behind content. Obviously. Yeah. So you you need you need a why, uh, mm -hmm. and and the why for me was getting beyond how getting beyond owning it. Mm -hmm. or or allowing it to be my identity and uh you know going to the uh office of repeal you want to appeal this and write complaint make a complaint go down to this office and speak with that person nothing was straightforward the they make it difficult you and then they do this and then da, 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 there's so da, much da. processes that you want to give up before you even attempting it's, it's designed that way, right? Yeah. So instead of like exhausting yourself playing to their hand, you you realize the strengths that you already have that they can't compete with. And for me, it's uh, as a storyteller, as a musician. Yeah. So I realized really soon that my way of growing beyond and leaving something behind worth worth leaving behind right um that was more than i could get from asking for them to recognize me and what i had been through to recognize myself and to record it as a recording artist mm -hmm. i actually am in a great position mm -hmm. oh wow and coronavirus hit and everybody has to stay home yeah, I was working at the Moore Theater. I loved working there, but now I have every single day to focus on my craft. And this just happened to me on February twenty first. Now it's March something, and I have all day to focus and think about this. Yeah. So either you be stuck with it and trying to navigate these offices that are now closed and blah blah blah. You be better at what you were already yeah. investing in. You would now you invest everything. So this last song that you played which is titled The Message, based off of Curtis Blow's The Message. That song was originally titled Nothing to Lose, and I wrote that rap three days after that incident happened. 
And it it felt to me that was like the first real feeling that I had artistically that I couldn't say anything that I would take back. Or let me say this. I'm saying everything that I would have not said before or some, you know, you completely just like you don't censor yourself. Self-censorship is destroying artwork and destroying culture. People are censoring themselves. In this case, a very dramatic way by putting masks on. Mm-hmm. Censoring ourselves, our emotions, our spiritual selves, our existence, how we relate and feel about each other. Censoring it. So I wanted to amplify all of those. Mm-hmm. And on this album, there's so many different emotions. There's humor. There's parts of the album to it should be funny. You should be laughing. Yeah. There's parts of the album where you should feel angry and see red. There's other parts of the album that are flowery and feel like, you know, a meadow of tulips or something or, you know, uh, free falling mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. and these kinds of things. It was just the the entire experience, the human experience. And to be honest about it, because truth is so bold and vibrant, like the sun. Yeah. That you you align yourself with the truth and that fire that you mentioned mm-hmm. when people are cold or in the dark. Mm-hmm. Create that fire and invest in it and believe in it so you can leave it behind. Let be it burn. Beyond your your existence. You you, you create that spark and to, to let it blaze. And uh, so for me, that's what... That this album was really like nothing holding back. I didn't want to leave nothing on the table. I didn't want to feel like, like you know, oh, I can't. Mm, I might not say that. Mm, I don't know if they feel this way. Oh, is this corny? What people think? Yeah. It was like the whole, the entire human experience. Uh, and you know, I really wanted to give. That's hard to do because, um, especially being a person of color, we overthink about things we can and can't say on the daily. I feel because. There's so many labels associated. Oh, man, I don't want to seem soft. I don't want to seem soft. I don't want to be loud. Oh, they're going to think I'm good. When you have the right to feel, you know, ticked off, but it's like how someone that's not black handled being ticked off is they walk away and they do this. But it's like who you are to your essence is like, yo, fuck that, man. Like, you know, you fuck that shit. (laughs) But you got to. Yeah, you you evolve that anger and you and you a yeah, tool. You I'm know? keeping it real. Yeah. Well, you can keep it real in certain situations, but don't destroy yourself keeping it real. Yeah, don't yeah. don't punch a brick wall and destroy your hand. Don't don't hit somebody that you know and love. Don't break your own stuff. Right. Like yeah. be in your own house tearing up stuff that your grandma didn't gave you or whatever. Like right. don't destroy yourself with that anger. It's just about it's about focusing and and learning how to be more constructive with our emotion. And so you take that yourself. anger and you put it in the pen and the pad into the blood on the fingertips into the right. breath of the saxophone right and and you still express that anger or sadness or like shame like just all the emotions but you didn't uh just i don't know run to therapy with it or just stay in a dark room you're like i'm gonna use this as a weapon you know uh, like as self-defense, you know, or just self-defense of knowledge. But, like, yeah, it's like a, this is like Excalibur, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not out here in my own head. And, yeah, it's definitely going to move people and they'll have 
what they'll have at most is the understanding of time from your perspective, you know? Like yeah. Just and, and it's bold. It's a, I like I'm working with a singer right now, uh, Brittany Allison, shout out to her. Um, yeah. She came last week and brought a song that she said she wrote after feeling inspired by listening to the album. And she wrote things that she before wouldn't have put into song, just a social consciousness of colonialism and uh, patriarchal capitalism, these kinds of topics that she felt more courageous to put into her music after she heard Negro Homo. Wow. And that is really important to me, things like that, to really be able to make an impression and raise the bar or 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 create more space, more elbow room mm-hmm. for artists to feel more bold emboldened by speaking on the truth, even if it makes people feel uncomfortable, yeah. even if it's uncomfortable for them, to be more vulnerable, to be more open, to be more honest and and see that there's a purpose for it, to see that um, there's value and, and you're 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 touching on on things within your Man. Uh, your spectrum as a human but to know that other humans feel that way too when, like, when, one of my biggest fears before uh you know like you know i'm scared of people are like i'm scared of spiders like i'm scared of snakes and stuff one of mine is like being in a room full of racists like just a room full of them and being even in a stage position and just what like it used to be like they're all gonna hate me but then there's some people that can be in that room like such as yourself like with this album and be talking back with some attitude to these people like not like yo like don't kill me like uh, you know i know you don't like black people you're just like yo have you ever took the time to understand me like what are you looking at me for like that you know you're you're just talking to them regular and i'm like whoa like that's so powerful i'm over here just quickly to think of fear and like for my life and not like let me speak the voice for someone and but that voice there seeing someone talk to a full crowd of like in your deepest fear like that it's like it's like yeah like maybe i should mention some of the things that don't sit right with me and like the way when i was in the office you know someone tells me you know hey officer he's right there or you know you're going somewhere and yeah. people do that little joke like he's right there officer because you're the black guy in the room and you're like what, what was funny about that you know well, well let this, me say something to that like, in, in this case we got to really recognize that uh, a lot of us who went to public schools not in predominantly black neighborhoods grew up in a classroom full of racists and yeah. the you know said talking about pledge of allegiance and you know whatever it was a lot of people have been in that situation but not knowingly yeah so in this case disruption actually plays to the benefit of the black or brown individual in the united states and around the world because racism is is a toxic generational thing that has seeped worldwide so to not disrupt a structure that plays against you is silly yeah what we have going for us as black and brown people is to disrupt so that's to acknowledge musically the punk era of the 80s Mm-hmm. They came from black people. White people, well, they got to complain about. Imagine the movie uh, Into the Wild where that kid, like, uh, after he goes to college, he burns his social security card and he gets rid of his ID and he go, he runs away and nobody can find him. And he 
lives in a van in the snow and they make it all poetic that he dies. Imagine that that movie is played by a young brother named Jamal. Mm-hmm. And his pants are getting skinny and he's having to put holes in his belt and stuff like that. That's not a movie. That's reality. For yeah. a white person to destroy themselves is dramatic. For yeah. a black person to destroy himself is expected. Yeah. The narrative is different. So disruption is required for us to have peace and for us to leave some leave something behind that that leads to healing. And so yeah, disruptive be shocking. This album is very shocking. Mm-hmm. And uh but yeah, it's doing it with the coolness that 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 ain't about uh you know finding a way that where everyone's comfortable that you can introduce is this the right time i don't know is this appropriate yeah. no no it ain't about being a pro we we are way past that y'all yeah way past that so it ain't about you know being politically correct or i don't want to disrupt the people and make them uncomfortable and stuff like that uh-uh recognize what time it is and move accordingly and do it with courage and look to people who in, in our life who have done it before jimmy hendrix and, and tupac shakur and and so Richard Pryor, so many people yeah. I can't even name. Like y'all, y'all name the list for me. Like so many people who have come and been unapologetically black, and 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 not did it in a way that Mooney, right? That was just exactly that was just in spite of you know white people. No, like you do it in love of who you are, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the title of the album Negro Homo isn't in spite to like make people feel uncomfortable. It, it's it's being unapologetically who you could label me as in a way to bring me down. But if I'm labeling myself that, then you turn something that could be a weakness into your strength. Yeah. So that's what it's about. You get arrested, you make a whole album about being arrested. Instead of that being that your weakness, you now turn it into your strength. Yeah. That's what Nigo Nigo Homo represents. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. On that, I want to give you guys a little taste. Your life Look, don't push me Cause I'm close Right here when you needed me most A hundred light years I'll hold you Help you break the tears and make a toast Yeah, may the present day be clear May fantasies be near So sincere, avoid no fear Let go and let God steer and when I do, I see the truth in my rear view mirror. Yeah, get it in gear, cause it's a quarter to eight. Out here early as hay. Put on some shoes, you don't mind getting dirty today. Don't forget the yams, the greens, and grandma carrot cake. See you later, poppy, save you a plate. No ordinary Saturday. When fam come together, it's a holiday. Talk mouse squad up, even brought the dogs up. Hey, hit the park, let everybody out and play. Saw everybody playing. Oh, yeah. And now we slide into our local to global. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll start it. I'll start us off. So uh, first off, I want to do a shout out to Masood the dude. Happy birthday. You know, let that boy live. And I'm going to shout out his brand here, Aliens and Robots. All right. Design independent, you know, from Manhattan, Malibu to Mumbai, uh, online only and my guy here uh, got some very creative jeans, one of ones out. So that's what he's working wow. on there. He's adding the leather Wicked. to it. And then uh, Aliens and Robots, the brand. So uh, I'm really liking his pieces and the way they're evolving. Um, 
definitely gonna have them on, have them on the show as well so you guys can get a piece of that but yeah that's what i'm check check it out i'll have it uh linked up in there you know the vibes but uh i'm gonna slide it on over to you magic uh yeah my local to global is uh a personal local but very global hey my husband jose imontano who is the new curator at the sacred circle art gallery at daybreak star cultural center yes sir of united indians of all tribes here in seattle and that's uh, sitting at in Discovery Park, the all you Seattleites out there is Daybreak Star, and inside Daybreak Star is a gallery. This gallery features Native uh, North American artists, mostly from the Coast Salish region, mm-hmm. and um, man, these artists off the hook. When you when you your great 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 granddaddy grandmama did the same kind of style of art whether it's carving a mass or painting a certain style or something like that it shows so the art the artwork is spectacular there so i'm just giving him a shout out as the new yes. creative director at the sacred circuit art, art gallery hey shout out to you jose yes sir ski and um i'm gonna slide into our my deep pop of the week so yeah for this deep pop of the week i'm shouting out fendi bear all right so I'm smarter than the average bear. That's a Fendi fact. That's a Fendi fact. That's a Fendi fact. That's a quote from Yogi. Uh, DM for international bundles. Sales are final. So again, uh, I'm shouting out this page for a few reasons. One, I just copped off there. So, you know, congratulations. Let that boy live. It's just purchased from me. And two, he really has some authentic pieces like so in his style here um you'll notice he doesn't wear the pieces he's doing the hang lay but you could tell from the tags in the picture we're we're talking as we were talking in the beginning of the show uh age in the in these wares just add value to it you're like yo that shirt's like from that tag that's from that's a like a fruit of loom from 93 or something that hits way different than this new stuff. I was just thinking about burgers and things like that. That I'm you know, like, McDonald's burgers must have slapped. I know what y'all thinking. How did your head get there? How did you go from Depop to McDonald's burgers? Let me just say my head straight, a.k.a. I'm talking right now. And uh, just keep your mind straight and get it out the gutter. Hey, fuck that McDonald's talk. I may keep going on a ramp, but don't judge my body. My mind is straight. Let's go. More so. I know, like, I can eat them anytime now or whatever, but... They must have stopped more before they figured out how to get cheap meat, you know, when they were just getting regular cow or whatever. It was like, this was real hamburger. Then when they learned to cheat the system, make milkshakes out of powder and water, you know, it's like, we ain't really getting the real milkshakes anymore. Like when, you, when you're when you cutting costs, it's like Oreos in, in 2001 slop. Now they're like, I don't know what kind of fluff you just, they're putting in them now, but everything's getting diluted and whatnot. You know, we're farming fish. I don't know. Pay attention what y'all eating, please. Disease begins on what you put in your mouth. Disaster begins on what comes out of your mouth. Oh my gosh. That's a Fendi fat. fat. All right. Yo, perfect. We're going to leave y'all with some positivity, some some statements. Uh, oh, wait. I had a question on the Depop. Yeah. Is, it, is there often where people have original uh, articles of clothing on there or... Um, is, that, is that not a thing? No, no, it is. It is. You, you'll find reworked pieces like people that you know a niche. You know, or, sometimes okay. it's like earrings or 
bracelets, and then sometimes it's like people putting decals on their jeans. Okay, and word. selling one of ones. Yeah, it's a it's a great community. It's an online thrift community, very friendly, very interactive. Yeah, and overall positive. You know, thanks. Yeah, and anyone's just like, yo, heat and negotiation. Like, yo, I know you asked for fifty for that, but can you do thirty five with shipping? <laughs> and then you know, based on emotion, you say yes or no. The beauty for me is like just getting rid of pieces that, yeah, they can go to the goodwill if they never sell, but if they're if, if I'm not in a hurry to let go of them, like I'll still wear them on a Monday or Tuesday, you know, um, why not sell it? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, I think you're on to something. It's real, it's real nice. I think so, a lot of people got stuff in their closet that they slow need. slow gain too is super slow. It's not like making a living. Some people do though. They get they find it's a job, you know. For one, it's like it's cool to like this music we're talking about you know it's like it's a it's a gift it's like you've crafted it so it becomes a workout such and you know you evolve and same with shopping for money like going to the goodwill and having the hands having the vision finding these shirts going on the right days or in the mornings and putting an hour in and then yeah coming out with gucci's and crazy stuff where i'm like on my average day like like nah yeah yeah i don't like shopping but when I find something good, I feel good. But the process to get into finding that that gem is brutal. It might be the scar of our parents just like always talking in the grocery store for too long and stuff like that. And then it just tainted me. You know, my girl be like, it's time to go get groceries. I'm like, and you get them by yourself. <laughs> I'll help you carry them up. You know, the worst for me was uh, when I was a kid and my sister would uh, get into the changing room. Uh, I, I felt like I would be left out. From the fitting room, she'd have like you know all these pairs of pants and shirts and stuff, and then disappear into the fitting room. Yeah. And then you out there waiting for like 20, 30 minutes, like trying on stuff. You hear hangers flying, all this stuff. Like, <laughs> you're like uh, why am I here right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call mom. Actually, though. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, let's let the people, let's let these good people. They're going to their week. They may be in mid route, making breakfast. Uh, no, it's the evening, chilling with somebody chilling with nobody maybe but what do we have to say to y'all uh something to start them off play good music and don't forget about jazz and when you got the blues remember there's the blues all right that's 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 my tip <laughs> yes sir and uh i'm gonna just give it to this stretch motherfucker stretch all right i mean like really stretch that's where i'm at in my life i feel like i'm scrunched up i'm slouching i'm I talk about this often. I was like, I'm always here talking about, I need to stretch, but I have a vow. As I get closer to 30, which is a year away, I want to be in better shape than 18. And, you know, when we were forced to stretch in PE, I take that for granted. I wish I had that annoying short, short PE teacher right now telling me to walk around that baseball field or something. Because I can find every reason not to. And I find hella reasons not to stretch. So, yeah, um, stay limber. Um, If you work at an office desk and you hunch, like, Get a stand, get some ergonomic something. I just don't want you to be a hunch broke back later on in life. Like you finally got the money for your family, but you got a broke back. <laughs> and broke back and money don't look good together, right? That's all I'm saying. So Broke back ain't good for money. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it. Uh, and on that note, uh, I have chosen our destiny. I want you guys to float out. Be sure to check out the album. Negrohomo.com. Yes, sir. And uh, you've just been soon.